0: When it comes to the most famous clocks in the world, the one at Elizabeth Tower in London, commonly referred to as Big Ben, usually tops the list. But New York City is also home to historic clocks of note. Hi, I'm George Bodarkey, and this is Cityscape. On today's show, we're talking with the folks behind an organization called Save America's Clocks. The nonprofit is dedicated to the preservation and maintenance of all of America's public clocks. Here in New York, the group has been in a long standing battle to protect a 19th century clock atop 346 Broadway in Manhattan. With me now in the studio is Tom Bernardin. He's the founder and president of Save America's Clocks. Jeremy Woodoff is secretary of the group's board of directors. And Chris DeSantis is director of external relations for Save America's Clocks. He's also the author of Clocks of New York. Tom, thanks so much for coming in. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Chris, thank you.
1: Great to be here.
0: And Jeremy, welcome. Uh, we're very
1: happy to be here. Thank you.
0: So, Tom, let's start off with you. What is the mission of Save America's Clocks?
2: Uh, we're a 20-year-old not-for-profit, and uh, our goal is to uh, inventory, catalog, and encourage the preservation of all of the public clocks in the United States. And by all, I mean anything the public sees. We want it to be telling the correct time. If it has the original mechanism behind it, then we would like that saved. But primarily, we want these working. We want communities to take pride in them, and we want the public to be able to depend that they can look up at a, at a, a church steeple or a public building or a factory building and see that it's actually
0: telling the time. What inspired this organization?
2: Um, I, my mentor was Margot Gale, a first-generation preservationist who would be about 110 years old now. And I uh, worked with her, on, with her organization, Friends of Cast Iron Architecture. She is the person responsible for saving the Jefferson Market Courthouse Library in Greenwich Village on 6th Avenue. The city was about to tear it down. And what she did very wisely is got the clock working, and that galvanized the community. All of a sudden, people looking up at this beautiful Victorian building and saying, wait a minute, why why are we losing this building? This doesn't make any sense at all. And I just was intrigued by that concept of taking one item that is everywhere in America and using that as a platform. Uh, to draw attention to preservation efforts, to encourage people to have a touchstone to our our industrial and engineering past that is that 's just so easily lost nowadays, and it 's very frustrating when people say, "Oh, you know, who cares? Everybody has their own watches now or everybody's looking at their cell phone. Give me a break you know it, it's these public clocks should be working as part of the the integrity of
0: the, of the building. Chris, how did you get involved with the organization?
3: I got involved um, through Marvin Schneider. I didn't know Tom. Marvin Schneider is New York City's clockmaster, right? He's the official clockmaster. He was appointed in 1981, I think, by um, Mayor Dinkins, and he's been the official clockmaster up until today. What does that mean to be the clockmaster, by the way? Well, he takes care of uh, the New York City public clocks, the the clocks that are in New York City-owned buildings. And he takes care of about 15, uh, 12 or 15 clocks. He goes around. We just had a change in time uh, a couple weeks ago, and he had to go up there and change them all. These are all, most for the most part, these are all mechanical clocks. These have not been electrified, or they have been electrified to a little extent, but these are the clocks that, the same way they were put um, up there 100 years ago, 150 years ago. So he inspired you to get involved? Well, so what happened was um, we are involved in um, a big lawsuit right now, and I had not talked to Marvin for for years. I had originally met him because I wrote a book, uh, Clocks of New York, which came out in 2006, and uh, a few, about five years ago, Marvin reached out to me and he said, uh, we have a big problem with with uh, probably the greatest clock in America. Um, and he said, uh, you want to come and help us try to defend this and save this clock? And I said, yep. So I met Tom and I met Jeremy and other members of Save America's Clock and... That's how I'm a part of the organization. Now, the clock that you're referring to there is that the clock at 346 Broadway. That's the clock at 346 Broadway, and we've had a a lawsuit going on since 2014, and uh, we so the city sold the building in 2013 to two two big developers, and they wanted to. The building's a landmark. It's a landmark. It's an ext has it's been exterior landmarked and. Many spaces in the interior have been landmarked, and one of the spaces that's been landmarked is the clock tower, which is three levels and the clock mechanism itself. Um, And this was in in 1987. So uh, when they when the city sold the building, nobody thought about preserving the clock tower. The developers wanted to go up there, gut everything, destroy the landmark, destroy the landmark clock, and replace it with a penthouse, which, by the way, they still plan to do. But uh, we uh, brought an Article 78 proceeding in New York Supreme Court uh, to stop that, and we won, and they appealed, and then the appellate court, the first division in Manhattan, we won that case as well, and now um, we're gearing up for the big fight in the highest court in, in New York, which is the Court of Appeals in Albany, and the... Our opponents, which are two developers, and sadly, the city of New York, who's defending the Landmark Preservation Commission, um, have filed their uh, briefings with the court, and uh, our lawyer is doing the same, and the, the, ours will be filed by the end of this month. But the, court, the case won't be heard for a while.
0: Now, with that recent victory, what does that entail? What does it require at this point? Uh, I think Jeremy probably can answer that. Jeremy, better. take it away.
1: Uh, the victory requires that, uh, says that the certificate of appropriateness that the Landmarks Commission issued for the general work in the building, which is a very major project of restoration and conversion of this office building into apartments, but the part of the certificate of appropriateness that affects the clock tower is null and void. So the developer is not allowed to do any work up there. The clock isn't running because there's no one really. Allowed to access it now, who could get it running um, and the plans for that apartment are uh, that penthouse apartment are somewhat in flux because of this ruling um, the uh,
0: I thought that the ruling required public access
1: the ruling states that the commission does have the power the landmarks commission does have the power to require that uh public retain access to a build to an interior landmark that was designated because one of the criteria for designating an interior landmark is that public access is customary uh or that the, the public is customarily invited or able to access the interior um this would have been the first time that the city's landmarks commission would have approved physical changes to an interior landmark That would actually preclude public access. And that's what the court said it couldn't do. And unfortunately, as Chris said, the city is appealing that decision, even though it effectively weakens its enforcement abilities regarding the landmarks law. So at this stage, Marvin Schneider, the city's clockmaster, can't get up there to work on it? He can't get up, no. No. There has been an inspection that was done partly at our request. The developer brought someone in to look at the clock to make sure it's still intact. It apparently is, although it's been getting dusty and dried out because of the construction going on around it.
0: Have you been up there?
1: I have not been up there since construction started. I was up there uh, previously, though. What's it like? It is just a wonderful space, a wonderful experience to see that clock operating the, as the landmarks designation report said about the space, it's a very plain, so almost severe space. Um, you start out at one level, and there are doors to a terrace uh, that go outside uh, overlooking the city. You ascend a spiral staircase and pass the floor that has the pendulum closet, because it's a very long pendulum. Two, uh, it's, uh, I think, about 13 feet long and then up another flight to the space that has the clock room. And the clock mechanism itself, which is very large, it's probably six feet by four feet or something like Uh that, sits in a little glass and wood room to protect it. And it is one of the most magnificent examples of 19th century technology that you could find. It has a very slow and gentle tick and as it ticks, you can see the gears move and jump, and it makes a, a sort of a, almost a mesmerizing sound. Tom, would
0: you say that this clock at 346 Broadway is the closest thing New York City has to London's Big Ben?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's, it's just beautiful, and, and I would invite uh, your listeners to go to clocks.org, and uh, that's our website. And there are videos of, uh, of uh, 346 Broadway humming away and, and doing its magic. Uh, the the real irony uh, here, George, is that 20 years ago, the city, Mayor Dinkins, with great acclaim, appointed Marvin uh, Schneider the city clockmaster. And I have copies of letters from the Landmarks Preservation Commission congratulating him, and this is such a wonderful step and all of that. Marvin has devoted his adult life to this clock. And now... He's not even allowed up there.
0: How hopeful are you, considering? He oh, I'm, did I'm, win
2: I'm very victory. hopeful. I, 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 think that that uh, will prevail. Uh, we have a terrific lawyer who, who uh, Michael Hiller, who has become the go-to lawyer for preservation battles, and uh, we've provided him with a ton of information, and he's quite good. So we're we're really quite
3: confident. Is the mechanism of that clock very similar to Big Ben, in how it works? Well, first of all, Big Ben is uh, a kind of people misunderstand. Big Ben actually refers to the bell that's in that tower. Um, But in terms of a comparison, they're equal in the sense that they're both magnificent 19th century mechanisms, and they're both enormous, um, and they were both specially made. When this clock was built, it was um, McKim, Mead, and White is the architect for 346 Broadway, and... Um, they ordered a very special clock they knew this was going to be a special clock and it's the biggest clock that the e howard uh, clock company ever put out and it was running you know for 110 20 years until the developer stopped it so yeah it's a it's a magnificent um piece Just, is there a bell there does it oh, bong oh there's a huge bell there's well we hope there's still a bell there so we 're not allowed up there, so we don 't know what 's going on and We have seen their plans, and they, their plans call for the elimination of everything the pendulum that Jeremy was talking about, the bell, the space yet yeah, so the clock mechanism, so this clock mechanism, which is which by the way, these clock mechanisms were the supercomputers of the nineteenth century. Uh, technology was amazing, and they will run forever if you just give them a little care so what we when we filed um, uh, the, our first um, lawsuit. Jerry me- Jeremy mentioned the uh, certificate of appropriateness. So, so, what happens when the when the landmark building is sold to a developer? They have to get approval from the landmark preservation commission to do damage in landmark areas. Like I said, this building is has an exterior landmark and interior landmarks. The clock mechanism itself is is landmark, and the tower space. And there was also a great banking hall that was landmark, but nobody stood up to save it, so that's gone. Um, and, uh, you know, in the bigger picture, this case is essentially going to be, uh, this This case is for interior landmarks, the preservation of interior as the Grand Central case was for exterior landmarks. That's how big it's going to be. And everybody's expecting this to go to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Jeremy,
0: what are among the other notable mechanical clocks in New York City?
1: There are... Several, in terms of public clocks, there are several in city-owned buildings, uh, City Hall, Borough Hall in Brooklyn, Staten Island Borough Hall uh, have mechanical clocks. None of them is nearly the at, at the level of uh, importance as the one at 346 Broadway. There are uh, clocks that, I'm not certain of the me- mechanical status of them, but there's a wonderful clock at the top of the Paramount building, uh, the clock at the top of the Metropolitan Life Building, the um, clock in uh, at Herald Square. I, I was going to yes. say there were
2: three, there are three clocks that that uh, the pedestrians would really enjoy seeing, and uh, Jeremy just mentioned at uh, Herald Square uh, the bell ringers that on the hour they start you know banging a bell and the owls' mm-hmm. eyes light up and all of that stuff.
1: And there's the same, a similar clock at, at uh, Central Park, Alice in Wonderland, which at is the a zoo. later one at the zoo. And these clocks have, uh, to a certain extent, been electrified. Some of them may still have uh, partially a mechanical operation. But the, the clock at 346 Broadway was entirely original. And that's one of the reasons it was designated as a landmark, because it was still original. And the commission's designation report called that out. Uh, as specifically the reason for the designation. So the developer's uh, proposal to electrify it really um, was in direct opposition to the whole purpose and point of the designation.
0: I never did get to ask you how you became involved with this organization.
1: Well, I have been collecting clocks since I was 13 years old, which is a very long time ago, but, of course, domestic clocks, household clocks, and i started to become more interested in public clocks uh more recently partly because i worked as a staff member at the landmarks commission for many years and the commission uh while i was there designated a number of sidewalk post clocks as landmarks uh and then there were of course the clocks that were part of other landmarks like the borough halls and city hall and and 3 346 broadway so i my my sort of private interest in clocks began to merge with my professional interest in historic preservation. I met Marvin, actually, the clockmaster, at a little antique shop on West Broadway once, um, looking at a little clock. Um, so that's, that's how I became involved. And I also just happened to be, for another reason, at the local community board meeting when this 346 Broadway project was first presented, and I was listening, waiting for my own project to go on, and, and they were talking about gutting the building and, and restoring the exterior, but putting somebody's apartment, a private apartment, in the clock tower. And I was thinking, well, wait a minute. How can you do that? It's a landmark. And uh, Isn't there so, a private apartment in a clock tower
0: in
3: Brooklyn? Am they I converted right? the, the, the building in Dumbo. That's the clock tower building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's now the most expensive real estate in Brooklyn. The, it was bought by various organizations, and nobody keeps it so that's that 's a good point george even so they it may look pretty and kind of cool to live in an apartment there there's not, not a livable space. they were never intended to be a livable space
2: There are no, there are no clock hands uh, for a while it was electrified uh, so it 's just sitting there it 's just the you know the glass you know face, but no hands and stuff like that. There is down at the old uh, police uh pre- the old police precinct down uh, down in, in the uh, chinatown area yeah yeah, it's yeah. no leader no, no leader. leader no, no leader. Leader. Yeah, that's, that's and, right. mafia and that's that's uh that's a working clock uh, and it is part of a residence, and that works that 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 works that that tells the time we've tried to get up there, but you can't you know you can't get access through somebody's
0: apartment, you know Jeremy, let me ask you what gets a thirteen year old kid interested in clocks
1: <laughs> um I, I'm i not sure I know fully what the answer is. I, I always wanted uh, a cuckoo clock as a child. I finally got one when I was about 12 or 13. And, uh, you know, nothing of any importance, just a fairly modern thing. And one of the hands broke one day. So my parents and I brought it to a clock repair guy in a neighboring town. And He had this wonderful collection that he had mostly brought over from Europe. He had been in the service, so we got to bring them all over free of charge. And I just looked at them, and something clicked. It was both a combination of the mechanics of them, which I had always sort of liked to take things apart and put them back together. And I was beginning to become interested in design, in in antiques and furnishings and that kind of thing. And the two things kind of merged in, in my head and just watching the the pendulum move, hearing the sound of the tick and seeing the second hand jump in synchronization, just it was like a missing part of the puzzle for me. How big and, is
0: your clock collection today?
1: Um, it's in the hundreds, wow. I have to say, although many of them are small, a lot of them are kind of hidden away. But I have certainly a few dozen of clocks that I would consider to be good, uh, you know, fairly significant antique uh, objects.
0: And are they all working and ticking at once in your home here in Uh, New York City? Enough of them are, but not all of them, certainly, not by a
2: long shot. Which would drive me absolutely (laughs) mad. (laughs) He just sent a picture of a clock that he restored with bells and stuff like that. Not for me. <laughs>
0: you just like to look at them I, I, from well, I,
2: outside? You know, I, I'm not an interior clock guy. Mm-hmm. I, I Again, it's more, I'm more the preservation for the public, you know, wh- uh, goodwill.
0: Which other clocks in New York City would oh, you like to Oh, gee, this one of our people? projects uh, is the uh, Yorkville clock
2: at 2nd Avenue and 84th Street, the, the gold pocket watch clock. That's, uh, that's in the movie 3rd Avenue. That's in the movie um, The Lost Weekend. The Lost Weekend uh, in, in front of a pawn shop. It, there's a twin that we also worked on out in Astoria, out in uh, yeah, a Steinway. A yeah, it's a Steinway clock. And there's also a triplet in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So, what we try to do is at my website, I'm, I'm reaching out and I want to just post photos of every darn clock we could find throughout America and its condition, who's taking care of it and encourage them and let them know that th- that there are people interested.
0: So have you done a lot of traveling to document Well, the I've,
2: as I've traveled in the course of my life on other projects, on my free time I just go around and I photograph clocks. Chicago, uh, you know, has beautiful clocks uh, as does Boston, Massachusetts as well. They're everywhere and once you start looking, you just get hooked. You, you just you're in a train, you see an old factory and you know, you look up at the clock. Oh, it's not working. What's behind there? Is the original mechanism there, or has somebody stolen it?
0: That kind of stuff. Chris, talk to us more about your book, Clocks of New York. You document the clocks of New York.
3: I did. I documented the clocks of New York, and most of them are still here. Some of them are around today. Some of them are not here. Um, But we do. We have hundreds of clocks throughout the five boroughs. Uh, This is the clock capital of the nation, if not the world. Uh, And there's a reason for that. New York City's always been about, um, since the Dutch came here, it's always been about being on schedule, about mercantilism and all that. And clocks changed our whole mentality. They changed our way of life, and people don't really know this. Some people, um, some scholars will tell you that clocks did more uh, for the Industrial Revolution than the cotton gin or bullets or anything else. And they really did, because not only are you mass-producing them, which is what led to the Industrial Revolution, you're looking at them, at themselves, you're using them to keep yourself on schedule. So, you're not looking at a cotton gin to keep yourself on schedule, but you're mass producing them. So, in a way, clocks are the most important thing uh, in terms of uh, how human existence changed, completely changed, but getting back to your question. So, uh, it took me years. I went throughout the five boroughs and photographed and recorded. Um, there are too many for my book, so I primarily put the most uh, significant or meaningful ones in there, but there's still hundreds in my book. But the book is more, uh, it's it's not just about the clock itself, but horology, what I was just talking about. And horology is is the study of time, all aspects of time, whether it's the science of time or the uh, clock making or or anything related to time. So uh, New York City is very interesting horological place. Which is your favorite clock in the five boroughs? Oh, that's hard to boroughs. say. So, <laughs> there's no difference. I mean, you, there's so many clocks. I, I think probably the most unique, we have one uh, downtown in Chinatown or the Lower East Side in a church, St. Teresa's Church, and it dates back to 1850 by a New York City clockmaker who was making clocks before they became really popular. Uh, his name was Henry Sperry. And it's been there since 1850, and it's still up there in the dark, ticking along, still working today. There's a person who goes up there and winds it once every week. Uh, it's spectacular to see that. What about here in the Bronx? Any clocks of note? Well, right over here on Fordham, we have the Immigrant Savings Bank. They have a There's a huge tower. Yeah, every borough has great clocks. Uh, we You have one right above. We're, we're sitting under one here at Fordham. Fordham's got a, a great clock tower. Most of the ones outside of Manhattan have been electrified, and as a clock purist as the three of us are, we like to see the old mechanism. But just to see the clock, and you know, there's been plenty of times that I've been at the at the Botanical Gardens or Arthur Avenue, and I see this clock on Fordham, or I see the one in the Immigrant Savings Bank, and it's great. There's also a nice clock on the Paradise Theater on the Grand Concourse, when that in the during the heyday, right? That was a very popular place, and there's a beautiful clock on there. Jeremy, your
0: favorite.
1: Uh, Well, the one that's certainly uppermost in my mind is 346 Mm -hmm. Broadway. And in terms of mechanism, that would have to be the one. There are others that uh, are attractive from the exterior, but um, 346 Broadway.
0: Chris, I'm curious about how you went about documenting in terms of how you went about
3: finding all of these clocks. I would imagine some of them are really under the radar. Oh, yeah, uh, especially when you get out far into Brooklyn and Queens. Um, a lot of walking, a lot of subways, and a lot of bicycling. Um, and I'm not sure I found every single clock, but I probably it was in every single neighborhood in New York City and seen them all. And there are also websites out there. People people are also putting um, clocks on websites and stuff like that, which is a great help. But they usually put the, the more popular ones There's that great clock of atlas on the tiffany building speaking of tiffany the grand central clock is a is a is a public favorite and that has the largest collection of tiffany glass in the world um but uh you know it's just a lot of just a lot of legwork tom are all of your photographs of these clocks
0: documented online
2: i've got most of them online uh yeah most of them but not all you know it's always a question of you know getting a volunteer or somebody to to post them and and I need to create a, a brand new website. Ultimately,
0: now you're an all volunteer organization. Yeah, yeah. How many much. of you are there? There are about
2: like six on the board. When we have extra money, I pull in uh, somebody to help on the on the website, uh, that kind of thing. But I, 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 I would like it to see much larger and, and more active, and and uh, being able to support Willard, Ohio. You know, as as save the Willards clock. And this guy, this poor guy's been working for 10 years to, you know, get this clock restoring. So we were able to send them, you know, a modest donation, more of a kind of a little pat on the back and encouragement.
0: What's but special this, about that clock?
2: Uh, nothing super, but it's, it was the centerpiece of the town at one point, And it's, it's, a, it's a sense of civic pride that uh, they want it back. Mm-hmm. And why not? You know, it's money that's spent here in America. It's supporting local craftsmen, and it's, it's a good community building thing for people to get together and have an excuse to have
0: a bake sale or oh, whatever to raise money for their clock. The civic pride. Have you found that other countries value these clocks more than the U.S. do? Oh, I have
2: to think that they they certainly do, and I'll let these two gentlemen comment on that.
1: I think probably in some cases they do. Uh, Certainly the Big Ben uh, or the clock that's known as Big Ben in London is under restoration now, and uh, if it ever stopped, I think there would be a a terrible uproar. Although I would imagine that there are places uh, where there's not so much interest, um, but w- um, in general, I think uh, preservation uh, uh, cultural artifacts uh, of the past perhaps are held in higher regard in other places that have longer histories.
3: Yeah, so it probably you know, more so Europe than uh, the rest of the world. But clockmaking was um, was an was an art in Europe. It was more than just a business. It was an art and. Um, You know, you can go to Italy or you can go to Czechoslovakia or you can go to Paris and all these towns, they all have their great clocks, they keep them running. uh, And they do one more thing that we don't do anymore. They keep their bells running. So once in a while, actually I heard one last night, once in a while you'll hear some clocks, uh, some bells chime the hour, uh, but very rarely. Tiffany still, I'm not Tiffany, Trinity still does, but it's it's a rare place. We silenced the bells here for whatever reason. When so interested in time and clocks, are you punctual? Well, the reason why I got into clocks is because I'm, like Tom, I'm more of a public clock person, like Jeremy. I don't wear a watch. I'm not, I don't have a fascination with house clocks. Um, So I, when I first started on my book, which was. Quite a while ago, or when I first started becoming interested in clocks, it was because I was looking at the public clocks to stay on time. So, I, I do, I do consider myself a punctual person. Uh, but like everybody else, I'm looking at my cell phone. <laughs>
0: Tom, punctual? Oh,
3: absolutely. Early, early. early. It's,
1: it's, <laughs> I, 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 I wish I could be late. I Can't. I can't. <laughs> Jeremy, what about you? I try. I almost missed the train to get up here today. Well, Grand Central,
3: uh, from um, taking the trip, speaking of the train, is a unique place because all the clocks in there were outfitted by um, a local company. So most of the clocks in America were made by two huge companies that are in Connecticut the Seth Thomas Clock Company or the Howard Clock Company but we have two we had two big clock companies here one was one of them was a very ingenious and if you want to know how it works I'll pass down to Jeremy a clock company called the self-winding clock company and it was actually formed by the by Mr. Pratt who founded the university and who was a silent partner in Standard Oil all right well my job is to keep us on time and
0: we are out of time tom the website clocks.org. Tom Bernardin, Chris DeSantis, and Jeremy Woodoff are with Save America's Clocks. Once again, you'll find more information at clocks.org. And that's it for this week's Cityscape. I'm George Bodarkey. My thanks to producer Caroline Rotante, and thank you so much for listening.